Welcome to the Swike Podcast, the only podcast that shares the stuff you didn't know you needed to know about jobs, careers, and life. The Swike Podcast, the stuff I wish I knew earlier. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. I'm your host, Lukey. And for today's topic, I thought I'd like to do a deep dive into resumes. Well, we can only get so far into there, but I wanted to share a lot more information in regards to resumes. So I'm not a huge fan of the whole kind of current recruiting process with resumes, but it's kind of a reality that we're faced with and we'll probably stick with it for the next couple of years at least. Although hopefully there are gonna be some innovations that will change that. Uh, But for now, we have to stick with resumes and uh, well, What do you do if you have to go and create one? So the easiest thing that I recommend folks to do when they start with creating their resume is uh, just using one of those online templates. So going to Google Docs, going to Microsoft Word, picking one of the the templates that you like. Uh, From a design point of view, there's all sorts of different ones in terms of the standard one column, uh, two column ones, a little more stylized ones, the ones with like the little bullets and power bars for, for your skills. Uh, whatever you decide to choose, j- just pick one to start. And then what I encourage you to do is start filling in the administrative sections. So your contact information at the top, putting your name, your phone number, your email address, uh, probably your LinkedIn profile, because that tends to be the standard right now. Uh, but whatever it ends up being in the future, uh, basically allowing the recruiter to be able to contact you. Now, some folks ask a question about address. Should you put an address in there? And uh, it's really up to you. Uh, there are some companies that are uh, what what I call geographyist, where uh, if you live in a certain part of the city or a little part of, certain part of the country, they might not think that you would uh, want to relocate or work there. So um, I'm from the Toronto area. So if you uh, lived in, uh, let's say, Scarborough and uh, the job was in, in Mississauga, some employers will take that as a negative and say, oh, this person won't want to commute uh, one or two hours to get to the job. Uh, but they don't necessarily realize that you have an uncle or aunt there and you could be uh, staying with them or you plan to move in the next few weeks anyway. So uh, you don't want necessarily that bias, so you remove it. Now, uh, there's no harm in putting it in for a lot of uh, companies. So uh, I generally recommend to to leave it in there as it's a convention, uh, but I'm not too fussed if it's out as well. Uh, Then I I generally recommend to start off with the uh, work experience that you have. So uh, put in your title, the company that you work with, and then putting the uh, dates, so the the month and the year. And there's an important part where you want to include the months. Um, And and some people ask, well, why? Uh, Well, generally speaking, um, there's a big difference between months. So if you said, let's say uh, 2017 to 2018, well, how long is that? Uh, well, if, if you said January 1st, 2017 to, to December 31st, uh, 2018, that's basically two full years, uh, 730 plus days, right? Now, uh, if you said uh, December 31st to uh, January 1st, uh, 2018, then that's really only two days. So it's the difference between two and 700 plus days. Um, so folks or, or recruiters, at least the ones that I speak to, generally understand that uh, when you don't move, uh, don't include the months, then what you're trying to do is hide a bit of a gap. So uh, if you uh, want to be kind of transparent, 
put in the months, put in the year, and then that'll uh, take away more of the questions uh, from, from the recruiter. And if you do have a gap, well, there are different considerations that you want to do, and, and we can cover that in a later podcast. So put in your uh, work experience there. Uh, and then for the bullet points, uh, take a look at uh, reverse engineering the job posting. And what that is, is basically taking the job posting, uh, the one that you're going to apply for, and uh, after you finish all your experience sections, all your education sections or whatever, going through the first responsibility, qualification, uh, or, or whatever is requirement on the job posting and saying, what experience have I had best demonstrates my ability to do this? And then you take uh, whatever bullet that you create and put it in the appropriate section uh, on your work experience. Uh, if you haven't had work experience doing it, then put it under your education. If you haven't done it in education, maybe you did it through volunteer or work, uh, some other um, side project. And if you haven't done it at all, then well, uh, you're, you're less qualified for the job. And what you may wanna do is over the next couple of weeks and months, figure out a way to get that experience, right? So uh, reverse engineering the job posting, uh, completing all the administrative sections. And uh, some folks will, will ask a question, well, um, when I complete those, those sections of my resume, do I put my experience first uh, or my education? For those new grads who don't have work experience, well, you obviously need to put education first because you don't necessarily have work experience. Um, but for those who have relevant work experience, then I encourage you to think about uh, putting the work experience first. Uh, and then there, there's a question, well, what if I'm uh, career switching, right? What if I'm trying to do something else where my degree is in one thing and, and my work experience in another thing? Uh, so I guess I would ask you, which one is more relevant? You put the most relevant one first uh, because people tend to read top down. And if you start with something relevant, uh, then you're more likely to continue. But if you start with something not less relevant, uh, then you're less likely to be uh, wanting to continue with that conversation. Uh, so generally, the sections look the same. So you want your education to look similar to your experience. Uh, you want your volunteer and any extracurriculars that you do to also look uh, similar in format, have bullet points in terms of experience and things that, that you've done in order to uh, achieve um, any of the requirements and qualifications there. And what I in encourage you to do is to, uh, as you take a look at the dates, is um, have the three-letter month. So put this, uh, put Jan, put Mar, put whatever. And why I like doing that is because it has consistency. Because uh, May is this short, and then December is this long. So if you use their full uh, full months, then it kind of becomes a bit of an accordion back and forth. If you use the three-letter, then it becomes straight and and uh, streamlined. And I encourage folks to right align the dates too. Now it's not mandatory for any of these two, but it generally, uh, for most of the recruiters I, I speak to, uh, it, it looks a little bit more clean and a little bit more consistent when you do it that way. Uh, when it's right aligned, there's a little bit more balance in, in the uh, resume, but that's more of a preference uh, than, than anything. And then from a font perspective, I actually encourage folks to use what's called a sans serif font. Uh, sans serif is basically uh, a font without the extra little flanges. So uh, most folks know what Times New Roman is. It's the default font uh, for, for Microsoft Word. It has a little kind of feet and little embellishments that make it look good and make it look pretty, but they actually take up space. Uh, so if you were to take uh, one a serif font, so like a Times New Roman and a sans serif font, let's say an Ariel, and, and put it side by side, uh, generally speaking, most people will pick the, the Ariel one because it uh, takes up less space, right? 
uh, from a density perspective. Now, from a stylized perspective, uh, the serif font might look nicer. Um, but generally, from from a, a space perspective, the um, the sans serif font will look better. So things like Arial, Tahoma, Helvetica, um, Calibri, those types are, are ones that, that you probably want to choose, whichever one suits your needs. Now, again, it's not required or mandatory, but again, the same resume in uh, an Assange serif font will generally look a little bit cleaner and a little bit less cluttered. Um, so those basic things uh, on, on your resume. And then what I recommend you to do is uh, take all those bullets and uh, if it's an activity, think about how you can uh, elevate it into an achievement. Now, the difference between an activity and an achievement is that an activity is what you did and achievement is how well you did it. So uh, think about an activity in this way. So manage a team of five people and uh, you ask yourself, well, is that good? Um, sure, it, it's probably good. But one thing that I can uh, ask is, well, let's say you manage a team of five people, but then within a month, uh, all of them quit because you micromanaged them to death, right? Well, that's not good. Uh, but what if you manage a team of five people and then within the next 12 months, each of them are uh, top performing salespeople in their respective regions? Okay, that sounds a little bit better. So thinking about your activity, thinking about that bullet and indicating how well did you do it, right? And usually it's one of three things. It's usually time, cost, or quality. And the first one, time. So usually you did it faster than someone else or you kept a client longer, right? Uh, the second is, is um, cost. So you increased revenue or decreased expenses. And usually they're interrelated because oftentimes if you did it faster, uh, then you can earn more money um, for per unit time by doing that. Um, and then the third is quality. So did you achieve more um, compliments or did you have less errors as you did it? And again, usually uh, those two factors will relate back to, to, to money. Um, so thinking about, well, how well did you do your job? Did you do it uh, well in terms of time, cost, or quality? And there might not be a direct correlation, but what's the, the proxy? So how well did you do it? And if you can put a number in there, a relative number and an absolute number, that would be good. Because improve something, improved it by 1%, versus improved it by 50% uh, can be quite significantly different. So thinking about how well you did your, your resume. So if you get the basics in terms of format, um, using the three letter month, uh, using months to begin with, uh, using a three letter month, uh, right aligning the dates, uh, using a sans serif font, um, reverse engineering all of the bullet points, making sure that the most relevant information, either education or experiences first, and uh, then elevating your your activities to achievements, then by doing all those things, you'll have a, a pretty solid resume. And then oftentimes it's just tweaking it uh, and making it rel most relevant for that role. And then making sure that your experience itself is relevant uh, for the role and uh, helps you stand out in the recruiting process. So that's some swike, the stuff I wish I knew earlier about resumes and hope you found that useful and hope you join us for the next episode. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on the Swike Stuff I Wish I Knew Earlier, the podcast. If you like the podcast, please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you found this podcast. And if you can give us a review, that would be very appreciated. Feel free to contact me on LinkedIn at Luki Danu, L-U-K-I-D-A-N-U. 
and the same on most social media platforms. And I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Bye.